Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast and Happy New Year. This is our first episode of season four of Real Talk with Teddy. Why the hell you all listen is still beyond me, but I appreciate it. So my name is Teddy Parsons, your host and continued agitator for the next 30 minutes or so. I am so happy that you are joining us today as we have Real Talk with Real People. On this episode, we are talking about comics and those who love and create them. And I am really excited to welcome our special guest, Kaylin Smith, who is an award-winning artist and writer from Michigan. She is the writer and artist of the Western Comic Plume. For our listeners, you know I stalk people, and so I borrowed, usually I say steal, but I borrowed this from Kaylin's intro line firm on her website. Hey, Kaylin, how are you doing? I am good. How are you? It's good to be in 2024. Uh, yeah, it's coming. It's, I can't believe next <laughs> week is Christmas. It's oh, mind-blowing. Yeah. yeah. So welcome... Yeah, neither am I. I never am. So <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Kaylin, can you please share with our listeners who you are and what we need to know about you? Yeah, I am Kaylin Smith. I write and draw comics. Uh, I got my start with Plume. So I started posting that online as a webcomic. And it was actually, I went to school for animation. So I thought I was just doing it on the side to get my portfolio going. And then all of a sudden I had readership and people like pressuring me to get more comics out. And then they were giving me money for it, which is just, it just blew my mind. So here I am as a comic creator. Okay, thanks so much, uh, Kaylin, for sharing the information. We're yeah. gonna be sure to list all your contact information under today's episode narrative. And for our listeners, uh, included where they can uh, pick up all your work. So we'll make sure we include that. Okay, my friend, here are some interesting facts that I found after hitting the Googler. So let me get through these and I want your thoughts on them. Did you know, according to wikipedia.com, sorry, that's my bad technology, a comic book is also called Comic Book, Comic Magazine, or simply Comic, which is a publication that consists of comics art in the form of sequential juxtaposed panels that represent individual scenes. Okay, so I have to say for our listeners who, like me, is asking what the hell is juxtapose, it means that something that is placed side by side, especially so as to permit comparison and contrast. See, you learn a lot here on the podcast. So the first <laughs> modern American style comic book, Famous Funnies, was released in the U.S. in 1934 and was a reprinting of earlier newspaper humor comic strips, which had established many of the key storytelling devices used in comics. In June of 1939, Action Comics, which we know as DC Comics, introduced Superman. The largest comic book market in the world is Japan. Nearly 2 billion Japanese comic books called manga are sold every year. So, Kaylin, what are your thoughts on these? Did any of them surprise you? Not at all. No, and especially with the, the J Japan market, like they uh, rule the world there. Like it is an amazing, like, uh, you know, here in America, like we, we're definitely slow on the uptake. Like it's got to be... Um, the comics were more geared towards a younger audience, but for Japan, it was geared for everybody. Like that was just their medium. Like that's just, you know, their stories that were being told were really serious and adult. And, and so they really have the market cornered there. So that doesn't surprise me at all. And are you like, is Japan one of your markets? 
Um, so I was actually, I just fulfilled a campaign for my latest story, the house of Lothar. And, uh, I was, I have a lot of international people and a lot of them are from Australia and only a few from Japan. So I guess I'm not, I'm not in that market of Japan yet. I mean, I guess they have way too many other options <laughs> than me, but, um, I have a few, yeah, a little bit in Japan for a readership. So it's interesting. You're down under, but you, uh, so uh, are you going to focus on Japan maybe more in 2024? No, I mean, um, again, they have the market cornered. Uh, You know, I'm, I do respect what they do, but uh, you know, as far as like, uh, you know, um, the manga style, I just, you know, I want to do a little more American, you know, my style is kind of a mix of both of like the, you know, Western versus Japanese style. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy where I am. I, I just want to create stories and whoever reads uh, are welcome to read. So. Okay. So I have to ask, is that manga style, is that, um, if I'm not mistaken, Japanese comics always have people with pointy hair and big eyes. Is that <laughs> what that means? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's certainly like, yeah, you can definitely recognize it. Um, just by looking at it, it is, it is a style. Yes. With big eyes. Uh, I'm, I'm not a historian in any shape or form, but I do know that, you know, Disney had a huge influence on that style. Um, they were trying to, oh gosh, I I don't want to get that wrong, but yeah, huge eyes, um, narrow face, pointy hair. That's usually the style. That's interesting. So <clears throat> for me, Kaylin, you know, comics are way different than I remember as a kid because, you know, that was a long, long time ago. Um, I remember every Sunday reading the Sunday comics, which always included comics like Blondie, Family Circus, Beetle Bailey, Peanuts, Mrs. Worth, along with several others. Uh, we also read those uh, Archie comics and, of course, Mad Magazine uh, was a big thing for us. So what got you interested in comics and how did this set you on the course of where you are today? You mentioned a little bit earlier about uh, you were going to school for graphic design, I believe you said. And then, so did you love comics as a kid? Honestly, um, not a whole lot. There was a uh, Disney um, like comic book, it was a very tiny um uh, comic book that was in the grocery aisle and it was just like you know uh the rescuers and um tailspin i'm trying to think of all the other ones but it was all like disney related stories that i would get and that was what i read because you know uh superman and batman and all those comics were geared towards boys um and i mean i'm not saying there weren't girls reading it but i just never really took an interest uh, my interest was animation i would sit in front of um, you know, the TV and pause it and redraw the scene I'm seeing. And, and that's where I wanted to go is I, I, I went to school for animation. Uh, I wanted to be a storyboard artist or a character designer. So I didn't want to sit there and, and draw the same thing over and over again for like a five second animation. I wanted to actually design the characters or do the storyboarding. And so that's why I started Plume as a, as a web comic, because, you know, a comic and a storyboard are very similar. It's a very, um, small leap and uh so I did a, a comic to show that I can do sequentials and st- and tell a story through just visuals alone and then that's how I got into this this world is just um trying to be a storyboard artist 
and then becoming a comic book artist in lieu of that. So, um, so yeah, I guess, you know, I love comics now, but I never really grew up with them and it was never really on my mind that I would be in this career. It was always, always animation. That's what I thought I was going to be an animator. That's, that's really interesting. So now we know that you're the creator of Plume, and for our listeners, that's P-L-U-M-E, which you started in March 2011, and the title said this is a Western fantasy. So for ding-dongs like me who are not comic book savvy, or savvy, can you share with us more of what Plume is and what a Western fantasy means? Yeah, so the the whole the whole uh, plot is this um, girl Vesper Gray. She's on this quest for revenge. She has this magical amulet that was given to her by her father, and it's it has a soul bound to it. And this soul is Korik, the white haired guy that comes along with her, and he's like a guardian angel to her. And he has to protect anyone who wears this necklace. So he's kind of strung along on this journey through the West uh, to recover all these stolen artifacts and to get justice for for Vesper. And uh, so, yeah, so it's it's set in the West with a bunch of magical elements. So there's the fantasy element there. So, yeah, magic and in the Wild West. So the Western fantasy, that's what it is. Okay, so then, so is Plume, like, uh, just to help me and listeners get a picture of this, um, is Plume uh, one whole large uh, comic or is it a series of comics you know how like you see in DC comics it's volume whatever um, is so how is Plume the story told and so I mean is it uh, one just comic and then that's it or is it told in different uh, comics am I making uh, any sense yeah so I, I initially released it in volumes so there were three volumes and i'm sorry four volumes in total it's released it was released in four volumes um so it's it's basically a book you know each chapter um has a nice you know ending to it and then it continues on so it's a whole uh start middle finish and uh, i released it in four volumes and then i released it in an, a collected omnibus so it was 500 pages hardcover edition of the entire series so it is done it's complete and uh i do have plans um to continue with the story in some form or another um when i finish up the current project i'd like to turn back to plume and uh you know toy around with that world again so so thanks for sharing that so i'm curious caitlin where did plume come from what is that uh, significant to anything how did you come up with that title um so there's a, a quote in the the story that says uh revenge is like a plume of black smoke it seems tangible but when you reach for it you grab nothing but air so uh plume is just her uh quest for revenge to the west but it's just it's never going to be attainable you know the more she the further she gets in her in her quest the more uh revenge creates revenge creates revenge so um so yeah plume is the driving force for her is that she's constantly grabbing for for air um and yeah i i always had this the characters in mind so the two main characters are vesper and Korik. i've always had them floating around in my head for a long time and i didn't know where to plant them and i started <laughs> i started playing a video game red dead redemption uh 
played it way too long and it's all a western you know video game and so then i just fell in love with the old west again and so i plopped them in the old west and and off we went into this story okay so um let me ask here for our listeners not surprising i'm going off script again so um (laughs) let me ask you Will we see Vesper and Korok maybe in a different setting, maybe in Japan or maybe in Australia? Will we see them coming back in maybe a different setting? Ah, that is a very good question. Um, I don't want to give too much away. I'm currently working on um, expanding the story via a novel. And uh, yeah, their their journeys might be a little little more widespread. So, so yeah. Awesome. So what age range would you say Plume is for? Who can, who would you suggest? I don't know if comic books get age ranges like movies, but what age range would you say your readership is for? I would say PG-13. I mean, it's really light on, you know, the graphic violence. Uh, There's some swearing, uh, nothing overtly sexual or anything. We do have a redhead that is a little, uh, uh, her jokes go a little far, but 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 yeah, on that, I would say PG-13. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not bad. Then it, that'd be a great uh, uh, Christmas gift or birthday gift for people then. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, I always have a typical podcast guest talking. I discovered you're also working on a new series called, for goodness sake, uh, can you tell us more about this and w- what is this? And, uh, and I know it's on your website and our listeners can find it there. So tell us more about this, Kayla. Yeah, so For Goodness Sake was my second series, and it, it's about a demon and a hippie. They uh, they go off on this adventure uh, over the U.S. Um, trying to find people to help to break him of his demon curse. So the more he does good, the more human he becomes, and the more he does bad, obviously he goes more demonic. So uh, it's her... Uh, trying to convince him to be a better person. And they're traveling around in this renovated school bus, which oddly enough, was based off of a school bus that my husband and I bought, and we were going to travel around, and I was going to base the uh, comic off of the places that we would land. However, (laughs) uh, COVID happened, and so our adventure did not get off the ground, Um, but the comic continued, so it was kind of, uh, I guess, therapeutic. I don't know how else to describe it, to like take the adventure via the comic um while I was stuck at home with locked doors and all that but um but yeah the comic continued on it was it was going to be a little bit based on real life but it it turned out I I I definitely like where it landed so it turned out the way it should have turned out now see this for goodness sake sounds like something I would absolutely love so I'm definitely going to check out now you know inquiring minds want to know do you guys still have the school of us (laughs) <laughs> no, we actually sold it. Uh, gosh, was it six months ago? We sold it. Um, so yeah, we were about 80% finished with it. Uh, and, you know, we just obviously got slowed down with, with COVID and it was at my parents' place. Um, so, you know, we couldn't get it over, get over there to work on it. And it just, yeah, it just all fell through. So we had to sell it. I'm sorry, Kaylin, but, you know, I've known you for a while. I totally see you in Scooby-Doo's Mystery Machine. 
You know what I mean? Like that is to me more your speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. In lieu of that, I bought a uh, cargo van, and every now and then we'll we'll camp in it, and we'll do our little uh, van, you know, journey. So that's a lot of fun. So yeah, that's a little more manageable and size wise. <laughs> so you know, I'm going to segue into this question though. Uh, so do you use your new cargo van? Uh, because I know you travel a lot by going to different comic cons. Uh, for yeah. someone who has never been to one of these events, can you please share with us what someone should expect if they ever go to a Comic-Con event? Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did buy the van for the Comic-Con, so to to haul a bunch of books. Uh, um, and then the camping is definitely a benefit. But um, the Comic-Cons are, depending on the show that you go to, are insane. Uh, New York Comic-Con is my number one uh, show and it is massive. Um, it, sometimes it is a little overwhelming. Uh, definitely, you know, rows and rows and rows of different artists and different styles and different things that they're selling. And then just in a massive crowd of people that are all there for the same reason. Uh, it's so amazing because, you know, the people that come to your table, for me in particular, you know, just talking to all these different people and a wide and diverse range of people coming and buying my book. It's so fun to talk to everybody and to get feedback and, and to like, you know, geek out over, you know, shared interests. It's, it's a lot of fun. It is, like I said, overwhelming because with New York, it is shoulder to shoulder crowds and just constant people. So you got to be prepared for that. But overall, I would definitely recommend it. And I know that uh, you also dress in different characters. And so that's a lot uh, for, for someone like me, who I love people watching. This would be a great event because there's so many people that dress up in their favorite character, right? Oh, yeah. I haven't I haven't done cosplay in a very long time, but there are some amazing cosplayers. Uh, it's just a, a skill beyond uh, like imagination. I, I love talking to the cosplayers too, because the things that they create and how, how they create them, just like, even if it's just out of foam, it's amazing. So yeah, I highly recommend that too. Cause it's, it's like Halloween, but amped up by a hundred. It's, it's amazing stuff. Thanks for sharing that. So Kaylin, I know that Capital City Comic-Con is coming to the Lansing Center the second week of July, 2024. we can we see you there? Oh yeah, absolutely. They uh they they um reach out to me, they invite me out and they take care of me really well there. Um they're great people. So I highly recommend that com convention. It's it's a very good time. Yeah, and we'll make sure in our uh the under the episode narrative to put a link to that as well. So let me ask you um you know, do you ever plan to bring any of your characters in your writings or your or your comics books to life on the big screen? Any aspirations to make movies out of any of your material? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I actually, you know, got pretty close on a number of occasions. Uh, you know, I had a few um, studios sniffing around uh, working on another representation for for Lothar. So yeah, I, I I would love it. That is the dream come true. Uh, won't hold my breath, <laughs> but but yes, uh, there is certainly a possibility. Well, you know, and I'm just asking, would you ever consider doing the Kickstarter thing 
um, you know, where people can be part of, you know, the creating that movie? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Kickstarter has definitely helped me in this career. I wouldn't be able to do it without Kickstarter. So, yeah, if um, if I don't get, you know, get it through a studio, then, yeah, doing it all on my own, you know, hiring animators to do it as well is certainly a possibility. Very cool. So let me ask, Caitlin, what advice uh, would you give to others who want to create their own comic book or brand? Uh, what does someone really need to know about this business? Like the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, it is definitely the time to do it because we are in the digital age. You know, I got my start uh, as a webcomic and, you know, years ago, that would be impossible. Um, you know, the the OGs had to create their comics, send it into a publisher and hope and hope and pray and cross their fingers to get published. And then they had to travel to shows to get their audience. But here now, you know, we can post online, gather our audience that way, and then go to Kickstarter and get crowdfunded. So it's definitely a, a better time to be in the comics. Um, however, you know, it's, it's definitely a saturated market. There's a lot of people out there doing it. So it's, it's hard to get in the front and get the eyes on you. Um, but yeah, if you love what you do and you're creating stuff that other people love, then go for it. It's it's definitely viable and it's, uh, um, yeah, digital age. Just start posting. Just start, uh, you know, starting a schedule, post a page every week and slowly and surely those numbers will grow. Um, the downfalls, like I said, is the saturated market. It's hard to it's hard to get that following the algorithms. <laughs> I hate that word, but it definitely plays against you quite a bit with social media, but it's doable. It's just, you just got to really stick to it. So would you ever, <clears throat> excuse me, consider offering like a course where someone could come and learn this industry? Is that something you've ever thought about? I've had people ask me and I, I still feel like I'm learning it myself. Um, and especially with social media and just, you know, online in general is a constant change. I feel like I'm, I'm still trudging up the hill too. So I don't know how I could tell people how to fumble and get, <laughs> get their way through, but I don't know if I could give, you know, real good concrete advice. Um, because I do feel, you know, I, my timing was right, um, for, you know, getting into the web comics and, you know, I, I was trying to be an animator, but I stumbled into a comic industry. So yeah, I kind of ambled my way in. So I, yeah, I, I, I'd love to give advice, but I just don't know if I, I'm still learning. I don't know if I have the advice to give. <laughs> oh, I think you'd be awesome. But here's another ideal um, that I was just thinking as you're saying that, you know, right now we see all these events like Disrupt HR and, you know, where people come and pitch something for just a few minutes. And what about uh, people who have, you know, are writers or, you know, have created comic books or animation? What about like a pitch competition for that? Yeah, that'd be great. That'd well, be you know, great. I'm sure in the hell I'm not going to do it, but I'm suggesting <laughs> you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write it down and I might to do <laughs> You go, I just add it to my list here. Okay. <laughs> so 
Caitlin, I have loved this conversation and I am so grateful you're here. So as we begin to wrap up our time together, do you have any final words you want to share with our listeners? This is the point where I encourage our guests uh, to really, um, you know, sell their product and uh, do self-shameless promotions. Yeah, yeah. So um, you can find me at kaylinsmith.net. Uh, you can find, for goodness sake, in the House of Lothar here soon. I have to get Lothar on the on my website, but you can buy all those books on my website and you can find my social media through there as well. And yeah, if you are an aspiring comic book writer or artist, uh, reach out. I will give it whatever advice I can give, even if it's a a uh, hum uh, or uh, uh, I don't know, but I can certainly try. And uh, and yeah, good luck. It's a great industry to be in. It has its its moments, but it is certainly a fun time. And it's my dream job, honest to God. I stumbled into my dream job and here I will stay. That is awesome. So I'm curious and uh, you made me think of something here. If somebody, say, uh, wanted from uh, one of your books or from Plume, do you offer to sign those? Is that something oh, yeah. you offer to do? Yeah, absolutely. I will sign anything. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So you heard it here, uh, you know, order from Kaylin, and we're going to put all of her contact information, everything we talked about under today's episode narrative. So uh, make sure to take advantage of that. So Kaylin, I want to thank you again, my friend, for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I have truly enjoyed our conversation, learned a lot and hope that we can see you back again here sometime soon. Oh, please. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we can do a live thing because we're going to be doing live ones. And um, uh, maybe we'll come and visit you at Comic-Con Lansing and take a couple minutes and do a live Facebook uh, podcast with you. Uh, I would love there. that. Yeah, yeah, I would absolutely love that. Awesome. Well, I'm going to commit to it. So, well, my friends, unfortunately, our time together is coming to an end. You can stay connected with us by liking our Facebook page and following us on Instagram. You can also head on over to teddytalks.com to learn how you can connect with us, stay informed, and how to catch up on past episodes. Also, uh, for 2024, we're going to get back into the studio again and hope to be recording live. We're also going to be using the Facebook feature live. Facebook live feature, excuse me, when recording, recording future podcasts. Boy, I messed that up. Uh, remember, no matter where life's journey takes you, it's always a great time to grab a cup of coffee, some hot tea, or maybe a mellow yellow. I don't even know if they make that anymore. And a group of great friends. And let's keep talking. <laughs>